0: I'm very happy to be here talking to you on this beautiful day, and uh, my goal today is to help you get the right frame of mind so that you can achieve those things that you've been wanting to achieve and just haven't been able to quite make happen. So many times we start out of the gate with a great plan going, a great idea of what we want to get accomplished that day, only to find out that we're sabotaged by one thing or another if it isn't our own mind. So when I was very young, I had uh, a lot of trouble reading, as most of you all know. And um, my dad... uh had a book by Robert Service called The Spell of the Yukon. And Robert Service was a poet. uh, Back in the day, in the early 1900s, turn of the century, there was a gold rush in Alaska. And my grandfather actually was born in 1883. He got on a sailing ship three days before the San Francisco earthquake occurred. His brothers took him in a buggy, horse and buggy, from Salinas all the way up to... San Francisco, he got on a sailing ship bound for Alaska. They left, sailed out of San Francisco Bay three days before the uh, earthquake of 06. Didn't even know it occurred till they got into Eureka to go into port. There was no ship to shore back in 1906 and no uh, cell phones either. So anyway, uh, he spent a, a summer up in the Yukon. He was actually working on a fishing boat. And uh, he was the bookkeeper for the salmon fishing boat up there. He wasn't in the gold rush. However, he did fall in love with the Yukon while he was up there. And um, there are some funny tales to come about it. A couple of things that I remember him telling me. He lived to be 97. And um, so he died in 1980 and uh, 97 years old. Very, very lucent at the time. Uh, but he would tell me uh, uh, the different stories. Like he was uh, a ship. I mean, he was the bookkeeper for the fishing company, and um, but people would come in broken up and cut up, and you know having all these issues. And no, there was no dock up there. Well, him growing up with in Salinas in the early days with six brothers had become. Pretty practical at being able to sew things up and patch things up and knowing what remedies work for this and that. So he, uh, became the, the doctor of the, um, fishing village up there. And there's a picture of him out in front of the uh, little shed that said dock and on top of it. He was six foot three, skinny as a rail. And, um, he told some funny stories about, uh, sewing people up and such, and how they would, how they came across these injuries fishing out there in Alaska. And my uh, cousin John still has the the surgeon's kit that he brought back with him. But one funny story is uh, when it came time to leave, they had a mule up there. And the mule, they were trying to get the mule back on the ship. And they tried to drag this mule up the gangplank, which probably amounted to a white board. And they just couldn't get the mule up there, and so my grandpa sat there and watched. And then he told them, he says, "I bet you X amount that I'll get that mule up there and X, you know, right away." And uh, they come to get to know him pretty well at this time, but they still, some of them took the wager. And grandpa went and got a burlap sack, put it over the head of that mule, and walked him around a little bit, and walked him right up onto the ship. So uh, that was kind of a funny story, but. Out of the book, um, there was many great uh, stories I read. One, you know, one is the cremation of Sam McGee, which is a fun one. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The Northern Lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was the night on the Marge of Lake La barge when I cremated Sam McGee. So it's a story of a man from Tennessee who went up there to seek his fortune, only to be um, basically imprisoned by the freezing cold, the parka's fold stabbed like a driven nail. And uh, it's a funny story, a very long poem, but it does have kind of a fun ending. Um, out of the book is another one, Dangerous Dan McGrew, and that was always my favorite. "'A bunch of boys were whooping it up in the Malamute saloon. "'The kid that handled the music box was hitting a ragtime tune, "'went out of the dim that was 50 below "'and into the dim and the glare. "'There stumbled a miner fresh from the creek, dog dirty and loaded for bear. "'He looked like a man with a foot in the grave, uh, "'but barely a strength of a louse, "'yet he tilted a poke of dust on the bar "'and called for drinks on the house.' So these were impressive to me as a kid, kind of it created this uh, imagination for me, which may be why I've been able to write some in my older days. But uh, this last one I, I was thinking about the other day, and I'm going to read it. I never did memorize it, but it always stuck with me. And I think it's really important for us to understand the importance of your power of decision, what we do right now, because there's been a lot that's happened the last several years and there are a lot going on right now. Sometimes it looks pretty grim and depending on, you know, what you're looking at or if you're looking, a lot of people choose not to and more of us do. But this poem by Robert Service is called Grin, G-R-I-N. And I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to also read a bulletin, kind of um, paraphrase a bulletin called Courage. But first of all, grin. So here we go. If you're up against a bruiser and you're getting knocked about, grin. If you're feeling pretty groggy and you're licked beyond a doubt, grin. Don't let them see your funkin. Let them know you, with every clout. Though your face is battered to a pulp, your bloomin' heart is stout. Just stand upon your pins until the bugger knocks you out and grin. If you're whipped up against, if you're up against it badly, then it's only one on you. So grin. If the future is black as thunder, don't let the people know you're blue just cultivate a charismatic smile of joy the whole day through. If they call you little sunshine, wish that they'd no trouble too. So you may grin. Rise up in the morning with the will that's soothe or rough. You'll grin. Sink to sleep at midnight. And although you're feeling tough, grin. There's nothing gained by whining. And you're not that kind of stuff. You're a fighter from far away back. And you won't take a rebuff. Your trouble is that you don't know when you've had enough. Don't give in. If fate should down you, just get up and take another cuff. You may bank on it that there's no philosophy like bluff and grin. So... You know, you've heard fake it till you make it, all these different type of things, what you think about, you talk about, what you talk about, you bring about. But, you know, it's really important right now for me, and I talk to my patients about this, and um, when we're looking at what we can do to help people live a happier, healthier life, it it's definitely comes down to what's going on in your body. Because if you don't feel good, the last thing you're thinking about is, anything except for how do I get better? When you feel great, you have all these imaginations in the world and all these goals and things set. So it's important to take stock of your health legacy. Uh, we've been taught from day one about a financial legacy and whether you paid attention to it or not, you are where you are. Um, if you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 50s, 40s, 30s or what, a financial legacy is important, but your your health legacy is perhaps more important or as important. Because if you don't have your health, you have nothing. Um, you know, unfortunately, every once in a while, you get somebody that comes in here like I had last week that said they didn't feel like their life was worth saving. And it was a sad day for me. I couldn't get over that. A beautiful person um, had good resolve, but. Kind of was giving up on life, and that's not fun. So, you know, you're going to have it though, and and maybe I'll be there someday too, but not yet. You know, I I really want to do what I can to be healthy, healthy and happy, and help as many people as I can do the same. So, um, by the way, this is Doctor Duncan McCollum. If you just tuned in, KSCO Radio, McCollum Wellness Radio, chiropractor in Capitola. Um, if you Want to come in and talk about your health? Please do. We never charge for a consultation. McCollum Family Chiropractic, Capitola by Brown Ranch Marketplace. Just call 831-459-9990. And also we have the, uh, the $49 special for the Softwave Therapy, the stem cell machine. And this is an amazing machine. You've probably heard me talk about it before. If you haven't tried it yet, you really should. We're changing people's lives daily with it. And um, it's worth it's worth the 49 bucks because if it gives you life back and it gives you the potential to enjoy those hobbies that you haven't been able to do in a long time, then it's worth every minute of you coming in to meet my staff and find out whether or not we can help you. There was a gentleman that came to see us from afar and a really nice guy. He was, uh, I probably talked about him before. He uh, grew up riding bucking broncos and riding bulls in a rodeo. And, uh, you know, we consultation, did a consultation exam, took x-rays. When he came back, I said, uh, you know, if, if I wasn't, uh, if I didn't know any better by looking at your spine, I could have sworn you grew up riding bucking broncos and wild bulls. And we both had a laugh. Um, sometimes situations are harder to fix than others. But one thing that he told me the other day was he really enjoyed my staff. He was always felt welcome here. And, uh, I really appreciated, uh, that because we work really hard at being considerate of others and make sure that if we think we can help you, we're going to do our best to make it happen. So if we don't think we can help you, we'll let you know. <coughs> So <clears throat> I apologize. We're talking about <clears throat> setting goals, um, reaching out in life and trying to hit targets and knowing that you're going to come up against defeat or up against stops. So the next article I'm going to read is called Courage. And I'm going to paraphrase it because of terminology sometimes without a background of that understanding um, and it would take too long for me to explain it. So this is called courage. And it said, it says courage could be summed up in one, being willing to cause something to happen. And two, going ahead and achieving what it was that that goal was. So number one, courage can be saying, number one, to dream and number two, to make it happen against all odds. And this article says there doesn't happen to be any such thing as failure. There just doesn't happen to be any such thing. But of course, you all want to agree there's such a thing as failure so that you can have a reason to fail. So you won't have to be a because Isn't that crazy? We say that there's something called failure so we can have an excuse to fail. Well, I talk to my staff a lot about setting goals and and intention. You intend to do something. So it sounds crazy. You intend it to happen. If you intend strong enough, it happens. The simple example is I wake up, I intend to eat. I eat. I intend to stay awake till nine. I do. I intend to go to sleep. I do. So that intention can be taken to such a great point. If you find something and set a goal for something that you really want to happen, and you don't allow yourself to fail, then you're going to achieve that goal. Now, there might be some physical limitations. You know, the, however, if you want it bad enough, you'll figure it out. So my purpose in talking about grin, talking about uh, what you think about, you talk about, what you talk about, you bring about, and courage is because if you really believe in something and you make a stand for what you believe in, You're going to be much better off. Your resolve will be better, and you'll be a much healthier person. So going on on this courage, but there just isn't any reason to fail. There's no excuse for any failure that ever occurred any place in history except this one thing. There was just not quite enough carry through and push through. So, you know, when I decided to go to chiropractic school, three times – um, it took me three times. The first two times, I never even made it past my first chemistry class in Cabrillo because I couldn't read. I couldn't do math. I was basically functionally illiterate at 28 years old. So I quit. I quit the semester, but I didn't quit the game. It took me about five years to actually finally get through my first chemistry class at Cabrillo. And then another seven years to get through chiropractic school so that I could serve people in the community as I had been served by a chiropractor who actually um, saved my life, really, because I was carried in at 21 years old, being flat on my back for three weeks, not even being able to go to the bathroom I had because of this severe low back pain. I mean, it hurt to breathe. It hurt to blink. So bad. It was a nine. It was a 12 out of 10. And I know you've been there. Some of you have. Now <laughs> we talk about the grin thing when you're up against it badly and you're getting knocked about, oh. grin. I literally at one point thought about the Golden Gate Bridge. I thought I cannot live with this pain anymore. I've been suffering for these type of bouts off and on for eight years. And I was, I was basically literally looking at 21 years old being a paraplegic, for me, it wasn't something that I could see happening. And I would was considering my options. However, you know, two guys came, friends of mine, picked me up, put me in the back of my own pickup truck in an old green couch that I had in my um, living room that I brought out of my mom's house when I moved down to Santa Cruz. And drove me across town to a chiropractor and carried me in. So, you know, thank God I couldn't walk because I would have ran out of there. I was so afraid of them. And uh, he's the guy that took an x-ray of my back and asked me when I broke it. Blew me away. Nobody would ever asked me. Nobody would ever taken an x-ray in the eight years that I'd been complaining of back pain. But uh, it took a long time to get out of pain. And there was many times I could have um, decided the easy way out. Um, I did take uh, street drugs and, and pharmaceutical drugs for my pain, became addicted to it. But I never gave up on the fact that I might be able to overcome that. And I haven't had any of those type of medications for years, except for my appendix ruptured and I was in the hospital. But... You know, the reason I, I talk about this is I want people to realize that no matter where you are in your life, you are the king or queen of your destiny. And all you have to do is make a decision and have courage because courage can be summed up in one of, of two things. One, making a decision to do something. And number two, not giving up until you get it done. And uh, again, he says there's not uh, see, um, but there isn't any. Reason to fail. There's no excuse for any failure that ever occurred any place in history. You can mark the high tide of any empire or any army in any period of history of Homo sapiens and you'll find something out. Someone on and during that time was deficient in carry and in guts. They were deficient in guts. And then when the going got tough, they couldn't get going. And when he was deficient in guts, he lost. There isn't any such thing as carrying on too long in one direction towards a goal. There isn't any such thing. There isn't even such a thing as there are too many odds against you. That just doesn't exist. Nor is there any such thing as saying, well, I... uh I guess I was unreasonable and therefore I should abandon this goal because it was too highfalutin and it was unreasonable and so forth. So this might seem crazy, uh, but I hope one person out there is listening that is on a path in life that they're at a crossroads and wondering, you know, can this really happen or what if I did this and what if I didn't do this? So I just recommend to you, and I'm always talking to myself, because my life happens every day. Every day, I am looking to have a better outcome in my life. Every day, I'm working harder to try to make my goals happen. Some days, I get very lazy, and I get sidetracked, but I don't give up on my goal. I had a meeting with my staff uh, last Monday, and we talked about a goal that I'd set when I started practice in 1989 and I went through and we looked at the statistics of my office from 1989 and we looked at every five years to where we are as far as helping people. And, um, I achieved a goal that took me 35 years to achieve or 33 actually. And, To me, it was I'd forgotten about it, but I'd said it and I'd just gone to work doing what I knew would get me. The results I'm looking for, which is to help people in the community find alternatives to drugs um, and also find a way to achieve happiness in life by having a body that works right. So, you know, I think it's really important to remember to keep Sorry, people keep trying to call me on my phone. To remember that in order to achieve goals, you have to set them, number one. And then you have to have find a reason to keep working towards that goal and find out what stumbling blocks you have to overcome. Happiness is the overcoming of not unknowable goals towards a known cause. So you have to know what your obstacles are. So I'll, I'll repeat that. Happiness is the overcoming of unknown obstacles towards a known um, goal. So, sure, I wanted to become a chiropractor. I couldn't read. Well, at least I knew what my obstacle was. I had to learn to read. That took me quite a while. And then I had to be able to study. And then I had to be able to learn how to adjust. And then I, for 35 years, I've had to learn how to run an office. That's been a challenge. Just ask my staff. But when we're all on the same team, working hard, helping people, then good things happen. You know, it's so funny. We, we we're a relatively busy office. We see several people a day, and um, everybody in my office that works here is so goal oriented on making sure that every visit, every time a patient comes in, is a unique experience for them. There's time is too short to have a humdrum day. You know, again, the patient came in today that uh, I talked about uh, a few weeks ago. Um, She's a really nice gal from down in the Monterey area, and she's in her 60s, and she came in one day and said, you know, I just realized I've only got about 4,000 days left on the planet. I went, huh? And she goes, well, you know, the average uh, female lives to be about 73, Excuse me, 78. The average guy lives to be about 73 in this country. Do the math. And so you take that number of years and that she is, you know, divide our uh, subtracted from the average life of a woman and multiply that by 365. And you figure out how many days you probably have left. And then you can take however many years you've been on the planet and multiply it by 365. So let me do that right now. 365 times 67. I've been about with leap years. I've been about 25,000 days on this planet. What do I want to do with those next 10,000 days? If I'm lucky, I want to make sure that I, my eyes are open, that I am pursuing dreams and goals for me, my family and my patients. I'm enjoying the planet, trying to take care of the planet and doing my duty to help my patients and my staff live an enjoyable life. So that's what I I got out of reading this courage. Now, this courage is an article I got from a guy named Elrond Hubbard. And uh, it was when I read it, I went, wow, that's pretty cool. Courage. I like that. And I like the fact that it means basically you're standing up to um, basically anything that comes up against you when you want to get something done. There's going to be opposition from the most unlikely people out there, people that you thought were your friends and family um, that you would think would stand behind you are going to challenge you on these goals that you choose for yourself. You know, a lot of times when you have several Siblings in a family, one of you might go, or I might say, or somebody might go. You know, I think I'm going to go be a doctor, or I'm going to be a, an attorney, or you know, um, a brain scientist, or something. And inevitably, somebody's going to go, Nah, you know, good luck with that. I remember a friend of mine when I was trying to go to Cabrillo, trying to learn how to study. And, uh, I was, you know, pretty self-medicated at the time, uh, trying to figure it out, trying to get myself, uh, to stay disciplined enough to learn how to study. And, uh, he would come over and I'd be studying and he asked what I'm doing. I'm going, well, I'm trying to learn this subject. He goes, come on, man, let's just go for a walk. Let's go get stoned up in the Nizing Marks Park or something. And I go, no, man, I, I got to do this. He goes, oh, come on. That will never work. Come on. Let's go. He was my friend, but he was so discouraging. And, um, you know, I liked him, but I had to realize that he did not have my goals. And, um, you know, thank God for me. I've achieved that part of my goal. I've been practicing chiropractic for almost 35 years now and treating a lot of people. So I just would encourage you to take a look at what it is you want to accomplish in your life. And then, um, write down what you think the barriers are to it. Is it financial? Is it support from friends or family? Is it uh, even knowing where to look? But And it doesn't matter how old you are. This can apply to somebody in their 90s or 80s. You know, it's like, I want to, I've always wanted to have an herb garden, you know, or I've always wanted to see certain states. I don't know. I, I'm just throwing things out there. To me, I definitely want to walk the John Muir trail and that's 212 miles from Yosemite to Mount Whitney. And it's on my goal board. I will do it um, hopefully in the next two years. And uh, you know, that's a lot of, a lot of effort and time. I've walked probably half of it in my life on various backpack trips, but you know, it would make me very happy to have achieved that goal. Who is it benefiting? Nobody but me. But why shouldn't I do that? You know, why shouldn't I do stuff that makes me happy in my life? And why shouldn't you do that? Things that you feel like you'd like to do, don't let anybody pull you back from doing that. Anyway, um, anyway, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum coming to you from McCollum Wellness Radio. Sometimes I talk about various parts of health. This is kind of the goal-setting part of health. I, I really think it's important. Um, now, when we look at where you are health-wise right now, no matter what your age is, are you overweight? Are you underweight? What is your diet? Are you eating a lot of sugar and sweets? What's your energy level? What kind of pain or disabilities does your body uh, present with when you're trying to do things like at work or with your family or for fun or on the beach? What kind of hobbies are you able to do or not do? So the thing about a natural healing practice, or in my case, a chiropractor with a strong uh, interest and um, knowledge and detoxification at a cellular level, <clears throat> and even, excuse me, the mental uh, philosophy on, on being able to achieve your goals by first uh, setting them, um, getting clear, defined goals that actually, uh, <clears throat> represent something that you would like to have happen, getting the barriers out of the way. Um, and then being able to overcome all of the three stressors in our lives so that we can achieve them. Number one is, Mental barriers we started off talking about. Endurance, guts. You need to have guts and courage to move forward and to achieve your goals and overcome the, the comments of other people or the doubts of other people or other, um, cities or states or governments or worlds, you know? Find what your is true for you and it's true for you. Then make sure that your physical body's working right. The nervous system, The nerves control every cell and organ in your body. And I'm going to switch over to this chart here for those of you that are going to be watching this later on YouTube at Dr. Duncan McCollum. You see the spine. I'm pushing the nerve right up at the top of the uh, neck. That nerve, the vagus nerve, controls all of your endocrine system. All of your fight-or-flight mechanism gets turned on or turned off based on how well your vagus nerve is working. It works, helps all of your hormones to work, including your female hormones, male hormones, your digestive enzymes, all of those things are um cre- are uh produced by this part of the body. So again, that's this nerve right up here that uh right at the base of the skull and those nerves come down outside of the spinal cord and go all the way down through all the organs in your body and control those systems. That nerve also comes out and goes up into the head. A lot of people who have uh, damaged that part of the neck in a whiplash, they can have headaches, they can have uh, poor memories, they can have sleeping trouble, they can have allergies, they can have so many different um, things. ADHD, a lot of that is equated to the very top vertebra. And when you get into a whiplash, that moves so quickly that those tiny ligaments are not used to moving as fast as, you know, 60 miles an hour when you get hit. Our bodies were never made for that kind of impact. So when we look at the structural part of our body, we want to make sure that all of those 31 spinal nerves are working well, going to out of every two segments in the body. So when you look at the spine, You have two bones with a disc in between it, a shock absorber pad. There's 24 of these piled up. And when we're cruising around, and the nerves come right down the middle of the spine. When we're cruising out around having the blast, and one of these gets knocked out of place, it puts pressure on a nerve. Within two to three days, that nerve corrects itself normally. Oftentimes, probably one out of a thousand times, it doesn't fix itself correctly, And then instead of moving correctly, it starts to grind and degenerate that disc. And pretty soon, there's no disc left. And it looks like beef jerky compared to a nice big fat steak. When that occurs, the lack of communication from the brain out from where that nerve goes causes all kinds of problems. Now, if it's in your low back, it goes all the way down your legs, but it also goes to the intestines, the reproductive organs, the bladder, the bowels. So oftentimes people can have trouble with digestion, and they don't even know it's related to the nerve in their low back. So they take taking digestive aids, they take all these stool softeners and things like that that only weaken your digestive tract more because it bypasses your body's... Um, Reflex function to create that, uh, that desire for your body to eliminate those, those toxins at that point. We go up a little higher in the back and those are the nerves that go to the kidney, right? In the small of your back. The kidney, of course, filters your blood and filters a lot of the acids and, uh, out of your blood and some of the excess minerals and things that your body does not need. And it will actually recycle the ones that it does need. So those the kidney um, nerve comes out of the uh, upper part of the low back. And it's so important when you have problems with that area to make sure that you get it checked. Now, oftentimes you won't even have pain. There's like 10 different functions to a nerve. Only one of them's pain. Just because you don't have pain doesn't mean there's not a problem with the nerve. You don't have that symptom of pain. As an example, I'm sure most of us out there, every once in a while I take an x-ray of somebody and I see they've never had a cavity in their head. I just get jealous. How the heck did they do that? But most of us have had a cavity that laid around to the point that it got into a toothache. And that toothache is pretty extreme. And, uh, but that cavity just didn't, didn't just occur one day and turn into a toothache. That cavity's been developing over many years more than likely until it finally hit the nerve. So it's not that you didn't have a tooth problem beforehand. You just didn't have a symptom. Another example and the classic one is Jim Fix, the runner back in the eighties, right? When I got out of chiropractic school, he was like the healthiest man on the planet on time magazine or people magazine on the cover. Mr. Jim Fix ran marathons or whatever he did dropped out of a heart attack. What? The healthiest guy on the planet dropped out of a heart attack? So what was he, healthy? I mean, he one day he was healthy, the next day he dropped out of a heart attack? Or was he just not healthy? It was his heart not healthy, no symptoms. So the nerves that go to the heart come out of the upper back. And when they come out of the back, they go through your shoulders, they go to your Things like your heart, your lungs, your um, gallbladder, into your shoulders, down to your hands. They can cause numbness and tingling in the hands, pain between the shoulders, stiffness in the neck. And a lot of times people think, I just have a stiff neck. And they don't realize that it's the nerves in the neck that are being pinched by the vertebra in the spine that are misaligned. And every time you go do an activity, you're just basically hitting that nerve with a hammer until it gets so swollen that its symptom is coming yelling at you, do something about this pain. In our country, we take medication. We take more medications in this country than any country in the world. We take 50 to 70% of every drug made in the world. um, And we're only 4% of the world population. And we're rated 47th in the world for health. And those government agencies that are okaying these drugs oftentimes have patents or um, investments in the drugs that they're telling us that are okay to take, and sometimes they're even put on the market before they've been tested. So it's really important that you think about the idea of keeping your body healthy naturally first. Don't turn to the medicine unless it is an absolute life Changing life saving thing. Now, if you're on medication right now and you've gone down that path, it's not the time to just stop. You need to work with your medical doctor to ask them, how do I, how do I change? How do I get off some of these things? Can I? Um, you can always come in and talk to me and do a consultation. I probably will refer you to your medical doctor for what's going on, but I might be able to give you some tips on things that you can do to help your medical doctor help you get off those medications. So it's always worth looking at the nervous system to make sure that all of the power is on. You see how bright this light is? You can't see it. The The nerve is basically, you know, in the old days before they did a lot of uh, anatomical studies of bodies, they would, it was sacrilege to open bodies up back in the, dark ages and such. They believed that light just flowed through the body. And when you got sick, darkness occurred. They called it sinister. And it wasn't until some early young minds, 2,000 years ago, started secretly dissecting bodies when they found the circulatory system, the blood system and all these different organs and and started to really realize how the blood was pumped by the heart through the body. And, I mean, even up into the beginning of this great country that we live in, they were bloodletting. You know, George Washington, the founder, first president of this country, died from bloodletting. They thought that if you had bad blood, if you were sick and your blood had a problem, if you let the blood out, your body would produce enough new blood cells to heal you. I don't know if they thought that far, but they took too much out and he died. And that happened a lot. So we know so much more now. So the nervous, checking the nervous system is really important. And chiropractors are the best at that. Nobody else knows what to do. We're the ones that are trained in it. And unfortunately, only 8% of the population go to a chiropractic. I had, couple people come down from uh, up in the valley, which is an oxymoron, up in the valley. That makes no sense. But uh, this lady rides horses and had all these problems from horseback injuries. And I could tell when she walked in the door, she was suspicious. And I thought to myself, I probably am not going to be able to help this lady. Not because I couldn't, not because she doesn't deserve it, um, and perhaps because she just doesn't know that her body has the power to heal itself and all we need to do. And I did a bad job apparently of explaining to her that all we were really trying to do is freeing up the body's own communication so that body can heal itself. And I didn't, I didn't get the point across to her. So she apparently decided not to start care. And I take that as, not as a failure, but as a way to learn how to do better at my cause. I think over the years, the one thing that I've really learned is how important it is to try to stay in a really good communication cycle with my patients and of course, my staff as we're going through whether or not we think they can help them. If they, if I say some, if I don't say something that I'm thinking, like if I'm thinking, you know, if you don't get this care, something worse will happen. And I don't say that. They're going to look at me and think I'm withholding something and that I'm not being honest. And they will read me as the last dishonest person they saw, rather than he's holding something back for my own good. I mean, we all do this. So one of the main things in this type of practice is being able to um, be humble and listen to your patients, listen to potential patients listen to your staff. I just had a conversation with one of my staff members today at lunch, who's worked for me for a long time, but sometimes our, our communications are not as smooth as they should be because we're moving fast and we're trying to help as many people. And we're dealing with, with this people come in here. They're not always on their greatest behavior. I mean, we're not a happiness, um, a place to come get happy. (laughs) We are, but most people come in here in pain or discouraged. And it's been going on so long and they've tried so many different things that they just don't even think anybody can help them. And they're mad at the people that haven't been able to help them. They might even be upset at the fact that they've let it gone on too long. So oftentimes the first thing we have to do is is be able to bond with a person and go, boy, I feel your pain. And believe me, I do because of breaking my back, you know, and uh, it seems like every few years, something happens to my body that puts me in that devastating effect again. In 2021, it was so such bad sciatica on my right side that I couldn't even walk. I couldn't even go shopping in a store. I had such severe pain when I was up or down. And, uh, you know, I wrote a book called New Hope for Sciatica, and in that book I had the answers to what was wrong, but I was too blind to see at that time. I went to every chiropractor I knew, some of the best ones in the, from Monterey to um, Walnut Creek. Got an MRI. The MRI doc who reads all the MRIs that we get done. Uh, the neurologist said. The hole in your back where the nerve comes out is too small now where you broke your back. I'm sorry to say, it looks like you need to have that thing surgically widened. It all made perfect sense to me that that after 50 years of, 55 years of walking around with a crushed vertebra in my back, with did not have the proper function, that the disc got worn out so much that it was bone on bone and I was doomed but I didn't give up. I went to a different type of chiropractor um, and he did some soft tissue techniques on me. And um, two or three other of my friend chiropractors said, go try this. You haven't tried this yet. Well, one day I got up, I took one step out of his office and my appendix rupture. I felt like I got shot by a shotgun in my groin on the right side. I had to have uh, my... A former wife picked me up and take me to the hospital. I didn't want to go in an ambulance. <clears throat> so I waited there for 15 minutes while she came in agony. And then uh, when I got to the hospital, after four or five hours there, they said, we're going into surgery. They uh, put me in surgery after they numbed me out with whatever kind of drugs they gave me. But the interesting thing was, the pain in my gut was so bad, I forgot about my sciatica. My sciatica went away and never came back after that pin ruptured. And in my book, I talk about hidden infections. And there you go. It was the hidden infection, not the pinched nerve, causing my sciatica. Now, of course, that area is still pretty messed up physically, but by itself, it was working fine. It was the addition of a chemical infection that was causing a one plus one is two causing that much trouble. We take away one of the components and I'm back to normal. I mean, whatever normal is back to being healthy, doing those things I want to do in my life. Now at 67 years old with a fractured back that's 55 years old, you know, I, I do knew my limitations. However, uh, walking the John Muir trail is not one of them because I will make that happen. But still, it's important to be able to understand that you do have those uh, limitations to overcome. Remember the Bulletin on Courage, which says there isn't even such a thing as carrying on too long in one direction. There isn't even such a thing. It's just somebody was deficient in guts. And uh, I've been deficient in guts before. Um, and I probably have manifested it in many different areas, but today's a new day. You know, for me, I've lived 25,000 days and I got maybe 10,000 left. So a little over two thirds done. If I'm lucky, I got 10,000 left. What do I want to achieve in the rest of my life? Well, I have some goals. I'm, I'm starting to look at some other really interesting Techniques to bring into the practice here to help a whole class of people that are out there suffering with very little, um, help, hope. And I'll be talking about that more. I have a meeting with, uh, this amazing, uh, innovative doctor and I will, uh, pa- fill you guys in on that when I know it's the right thing for me, but I'm pretty excited about it. So, um, in the meantime, we know that stem cell therapy is in its infancy. And a lot of times people come in with, you know, knee problems, shoulder problems, disc problems when their low back or neck, elbow, all these kind of things. And, you know, sometimes they're told it's bone on bone and we take an x-ray and it isn't. Um, other times it is. Um, surgeries are, you know, always have risk. So... What I tell patients often is, you know, let's do the stem cells now, the, the, uh, TRT machine, because it can help buy you time, improve your function, improve the joints, stability, and who knows in three to five years what, where stem cells are going to go. I mean, I believe that we've got their, their huge, uh, future in this. I know that they're actually growing teeth. I don't think they're doing it in people yet, but they can take a tooth stem cell and actually grow a tooth. It's kind of like taking cuttings. A good friend of mine, Antonio can take almost any plant no matter what and, and turn, and and he can take a cutting of it. And I was, he's from Portugal. He's from the old country and, um, really part old part of the old country where they didn't have any running anything. And, uh, but he can take any plant in November, he says, and then get that plant to root and grow. So that might seem like a way too much time and effort and energy for some people. But what you decide you want to do, you can bring about. And um, I think that that is the main uh, take-home message for me is... You know, don't give up, don't get in don't give in. That's right off a of galaxy quest. You know, that was uh, kind of a fun movie to watch. I started off reading a poem by Robert Service. He uh is the uh Dr. Spell of the Yukon, the author of Spell of the Yukon. The eight is I have his one of his original books, I think it was nineteen oh seven. And this is a uh a poem called Grin, and I'm gonna reread it and just Think about what you're up against and think about different things in your life that have been stops for you. Many times, maybe we've given up and turned away and we have regret for that or we've been able to walk by it without it, but we're here today and we can only go forward. Anything is possible and uh, you may think it is or isn't, but something's possible Figure out what it is that would be a good thing for you to go, damn, I did that after all these years, or I did it today because I wanted to, just for fun, or because I have to. There's no real reason to have to achieve goals other than it's for you. But we have a lot of stops. We have a lot of bullies in the world. We have news media in the world and other suppressive governments and our own government, our own friends and family. So here's... Grin by Robert Service. If you're up against the bruiser and you're getting knocked about, grin. If you're feeling pretty groggy and you're licked beyond a doubt, grin. Don't let them see your funking. Let them know with every clout, though your face is battered to a pulp, your bloomin' heart is stout. Just stand upon your pins until the bugger knocks you out and grin. This life's a Bali battle, and the same advice is true of Grin. If you're up against it badly, then it's only one on you. So Grin. If the future's black as thunder, don't let people see you blue. Just cultivate a cast-iron s- smile of joy the whole day through. If they call you little sunshine, wish that they'd no trouble too, and you may grin. Rise up in the morning with a will that's smooth or rough. You'll grin. Sink to sleep at midnight, and although you're feeling tough, grin. There's nothing gained by whining. I'll repeat that. There's nothing gained by whining. I'll repeat that one more time. There's nothing gained by whining, and you're not that kind of stuff. You're a fighter from way back. And you won't take a rebuff. Your trouble is that you don't know when you've had enough. Your trouble is you don't know when you've had enough. Don't give in. If fate should down you, just get up and take another cuff. You may bank on it. You may bank on it. There's no philosophy like bluff. So fake it till you make it. Go out there and... Uh, Have a great day. Come on in and see us. McCollum Family Chiropractic, 831-459-9990. I never charge to sit down and talk to you about what's going on. If I think I can help you, I'll let you know. If not, I'll let you know. I think there's been more people coming in in the last couple weeks that I felt was was not the right office for me or vice versa. We weren't the right office for them. And I've tried to find somebody that could help them more than I thought I could. And I will always do that with you. So, as far as uh, the rest of this day goes, and as far as the rest of this year, make it the best year ever. There's nothing like your own resolve to have the best year ever. I know you can do it. And I look forward to seeing you down the road. I look forward to seeing you in our office. Please tell your friends and family to come see us. Let's see what we can do to make them happy and healthy. 831-459-9990. Come in and try the $49 TRT Special, the SoftWave Machine. It could change your life. And if not, 49 bucks. Heck, you could buy a cup of coffee for that these days. Pretty expensive for a cup of coffee. Your health is worth every penny of it. Your health is worth you spending the time to learn how to be as healthy as you can. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next week. In my life, there. If you enjoyed this episode of McCollum Wellness Radio, please share it with a friend and tell them one helpful fact that you learned today. Remember, the best way to learn is to teach.